Welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I'm your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, First Works Baptist Church here in beautiful Southern California. And we have a special guest with us this evening. Pastor Burzins is with us from Stronghold Baptist Church in Georgia. Sir. What's what right. specific part in Georgia? Norcross. What is it? Norcross. Norcross. Just outside Atlanta. Outside of Atlanta, Norcross, Georgia. And so he'll be he'll be with us this week. He's actually preaching on Thursday. And if he wasn't planning to, it's too late. I already announced it. So Oops. <laughs> you are now. <laughs> and of course, we have Brother Hike here and Brother Ulysses uh, on the PA. And so we're looking forward to a great episode. I'm just going to pick Pastor Burson's brain a little bit. We're going to do some fellowshipping, just kind of shoot the breeze. And we'll see where the conversation takes us. All right. And so Pastor Burson, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. How was your flight? Good. Not bad at all. I was uh, early. <laughs> yeah. Caught the first flight out, but I needed to work today. So I got in, I think I had my, my rental car by about 930. Is this the second so, time you've been here this year? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I've been out to California, went out for the red hot. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying you, didn't he preach for us at the beginning of the year? I think that was last year. Was that last year? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've already sent another one of my guys out in between my visits. That's right. I wasn't here for you because we switched. We switched. Pulpits. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. We switched pulpits, and then one of your church members came out here as well, right? And then you came out here for the Red mm -hmm. Hot, but that was in Northern yeah, California. In Sacramento, and then I was at Faithful Word, of course, right before that. So Yeah. That's been all my traveling. Okay. So how's the church doing? Great. Yeah? Great. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, we're actually... Um, expanding into the, the space next to ours. So that space became available recently and uh, is a perfect answer to, to prayer because we've been starting to outgrow our space. Yeah, You know, we've been having some good attendances and it's about that time. And um, we were looking around, it's just been really difficult to find. So I really feel f sorry for these guys that are, you know, like steadfast are getting kicked out of their churches because it is not easy to find uh, good locations to have a church. Yeah, especially a, if you're growing. Yeah, and there's a lot of special things you got to consider, you know, the bathrooms and parking and, you know, yeah. all this stuff that, that a lot of other businesses don't have to worry about. You right. know, with, with churches, you got some spe special needs, right? right? So, um, but no, when we found out that space became available, we jumped on it. Um, we got all the permitting done. Now we're just waiting. We got um, some scheduling for demo work to be done to get mm -hmm. the, the wall down in between. It's going to, not quite double our space, but it's it's significantly gonna gonna increase the capacity. That's awesome. So we're how, doubling the bathrooms. How many do you guys run right now? What was it last like week? on a Sunday morning? Yeah, last week we had a hundred. Oh, nice. We don't always run, you know, a hundred, mm -hmm. but it's not abnormal now either. So we're you know we're kind of in the it could be seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred, yeah. in any given Sunday. That's great. You know, but it's depending on sickness and certain big families <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we have some we have a couple of really large families are over over 10 you know like 12 people mm -hmm. makes a big difference right oh yeah it's, it's, uh, well if you have a family of 12 and they get sick it, yeah. it affects the attendance we have a family yeah. like that in our church yeah. just like 10 or 12 people or something like that and if all of them get sick it's just it, it affects the it can it can affect the attendance to right. a certain extent you know right. but um we've gone through we were i think we went through a little bit of a sick season recently mm-hmm um, but I think we're going to be going into the sixth season again in December only because, you know, you have like the holidays and then, you know, the boost in sugar. And so your immune system right. is down and then people start getting sick and the kids are have fevers and one kid has a fever and then he, then they spread it to the other kid and then everyone gets sick. Yeah. You know, it's just like a yearly thing. You know what I mean? It happens. Yeah. Well, that's great. You guys are expanding. The last time I was there, it looked like it was packed out. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going really well. I mean, even the, you know, the salvations are up, the baptisms are up, the, 
We've got new converts that have been out soul winning with baptized out soul winning with us. Nice. It's just really exciting. It's an exciting time for our church. This doesn't really we make got, sense though, because from what I heard, the new IFB is like dying. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. I heard the ship yeah, is sinking. Yeah. It's dying. So what you're saying, it must not. It just must you, not. You be must true. be lying. Yeah. I think you're lying, yeah. but. You I'm know. using this platform just to spread as much lies as yeah, I can. That's it. Because this doesn't fit the narrative <laughs> of the fact that the new IFP is sinking. But you if know? you but if you came out, you might you might actually see something different though. Like if you actually came to our church. I don't know. Like I'm not gonna go. Visited. I'm not gonna go yeah. because I'm gonna go with the narrative that the ship is sinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I think most of the new IFP churches, pretty much all of them are growing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're growing in attendance. Their baptisms, salvations, new people. I always hear about new people getting integrated, new people learning how yep. to soul win. It's like the common awesome. theme of every church. You yeah, know? It's, we, we've been around now for four years. So, and, and I really feel like the last year and a half has just been now like, like we've been kind of, I think, just getting established yeah. for the first few years and just, and just maintaining mm-hmm. slow growth, but, but you know, kind of real slow and steady. And then the past 12 months, 18 months has been just really, really exciting. Lots of new people, lots of visitors, lot, you know, just a lot of cool things happening. So That's awesome. And it's obviously a major difference from Word of Truth mm-hmm. in, in Prescott Valley. Uh, I was there, and, and actually I have, a, I have my wife's grandfather lived in Prescott Valley. So when I went to go preach there, I had him come over. And it's obviously a really small town. Yep. So it kind of shows you that it's not necessarily like there's anything wrong with the church or anything wrong with the way ministry is done. Sometimes the areas are just not as receptive because you basically took everything that you're doing over there and you took it to Georgia and now you're just like flourishing. No, exactly. And that's, you know, I wouldn't have even thought about moving except we had already knocked all the doors too. I mean, you kind of hit the whole area yeah, and we'd already spread out into some of the neighboring cities and got some of those done, some of those half done, you know, I mean, we were spreading out into the next place we're going to go to is Chino Valley. And that was another area. There's just, it's like, we're going as around this radius and yeah. it just kind of seemed like the same mentality. What was the soul winning like in Prescott Valley? Well, what was really interesting, it's, it's the, the one area that I think I've run into the most saved people. Mm-hmm. Just out so winning, it was not uncommon to run into one or more saved people in Prescott like Valley? every week. Yeah. Oh wow. And this is this is what was frustrating, right? Because I'm running into people who are saved, but they're not in church, they're, 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 <laughs> or, or or they're just going to some watered down church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's about it. But it was just no one was really, but no one was excited, right? I mean, here we're doing something different, right? We're going out, we're preaching the gospel, we're you know, trying to make waves and do something big for God. And yeah. everyone's just like, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really care. But um, yeah, and the salvations were, you know, we were getting people saved. We had, I think we had approximately, what, 100, over 100 people saved every year. Oh, that's great. You know, in the, in the four and a half, five, five years that it's been, you know, it was around. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, we still did a good work. Yeah. We still uh, reached a lot of people. We still helped a lot of people, but overall just the area just did not seem very wanting of our style church. yeah and it looks I mean, like i mean from the last time that i went soul winning in atlanta it seemed really receptive because there's a there's like a marathon that we had over there mm-hmm. i don't know exactly there's a conference or something and we went there we went soul winning and i remember it just being really receptive yeah well and i mean that's why a lot of people have asked me you know, well, why Atlanta? Why did you choose here? Why, what did you go there for? And that was when I was looking at places to start a new church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was right when, when the mega marathons were still happening. Yeah. So I was able to see the results of that current mega marathon in 2018. Mm-hmm. And there just was a lot. There was one, there's a lot of people that attended and for not having a new IB church there, obviously Arizona, Texas, they're gonna have these huge attendances, right? California, huge attendances, huge salvations because you've got a lot of people going right. out because you've got established new IB churches there. Yeah. But this was an area where there was like, I wanna say at least like 30 people showed up, mm-hmm. just 30 people going out soul winning. Yeah. And um, I, th- I can't remember the salvations, but it was, it was like equal, you know, it was just a lot, it was like 
maybe even double the salvations or something as the people out there, like two to one, mm. something to that effect. It was, it was a lot. I was just like, man, that's, that's amazing. That's a good way to determine where to start a church too, is just like where all the it, soul winners at. Where the soul winners and <laughs> people want to hear it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's for like, sure. If it's receptive. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So you've been there for four years. Yep. And the church is growing. You're seeing a lot of salvations. You're getting baptisms out there. Uh, how do you see like the receptiveness of the people as far as like even after the gospel is being preached and they get saved? Uh, have you caught a lot of flack for what you preach over there? Not really. I mean, we had how long? I don't know how long it was now when, when I had that new story done on me mm -hmm. that actually caused me to lose my job. But it was even even that story was not like whatever what everyone else gets. I didn't, I didn't even think it was that bad of a, of a hit piece. You know, it was kind of like... Like they did a good job, they, you're saying? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't just completely taking me out of context. They weren't just twisting all my words. Obviously they were using some statements that might be more inflammatory or whatever. And they mm -hmm. definitely cast me in a, in a shadowy light. But overall hearing it, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that's... The well, here's my opinion on that, okay? When people make hit pieces on us, you know, if it, if that hit piece was made on your average pastor, they would think like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. You know what I mean? But for us, it's like, yeah, I did say that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm glad you're actually putting right. that out there. You know exactly. what I mean? For us, we see it differently. Like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, get, get the word of God out there. That's a good article. Yeah. You know, like they wrote an article about our, about our church on our YouTube channel, and I thought it was an awesome article. I'm yeah. like, he's telling the like, truth, yep, you know? That is what we That is what we do. Yeah. Did you did you get so you you didn't get any like but flack over that? No, or? so what, like it never hit national. Okay, and that's when it that's when things explode, right? When yeah. when stories go national, then you get the the alphabet animals come out of the woodwork from yeah. everywhere, and they. they <laughs> 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 Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> there's this video. There's this I love video. all the terms alphabet animals. Well, you have the what does Pastor uh, Shelley call them? The um, the A no the A I D S community. <laughs> I like alphabet animals because my kids had this video, and it's like uh it, it's a kids video right and it's and it's all about learning the alphabet mm -hmm. with these animals. So now forever <laughs> that that's, there's just this song that goes along with it. I'm not gonna sing it, but it has a song that connotation that where it's just like um yeah that's funny. So let's let's count the animals from A to Z and then they just, you know like <laughs> A is for anteater whatever you know and yeah. it goes through all that but. That's stuck in my head now. Go ahead and sing it for us. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> but That's yeah, cool. So, so we never got, and, and I think during that news cycle when, when my story came out, something else big happened nationally. And it, so it just went just kind of under the radar. And oh, okay. We never got anything more after that. So, and you know, I'm fine with that, whatever. It was, yeah. it allowed us to just continue to grow. We also are in a pretty good spot for um, our location for the church building. There's no sidewalks. Oh, so they, even if they so wanted like to if protest. someone wanted to protest us, and yeah. we're kind of on a hill, so, so it's like if you're gonna pro the places they could protest, we wouldn't see them. Yeah, and there's not very many businesses there, and we take up now like a third of the whole complex. That's great. So it's not very conducive to protesting, basically. No, not at all, and <laughs> and and we're not really interrupting anyone else's business. Even if yeah. they did come out to protest, it's like everyone's closed. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what, who knows, who knows whatever's going to happen. I don't know what's going to come our way. Uh, we've had some good, um, just been blessed with, with where we're at and what we're doing. And, um, yeah. what, what is the furthest that someone travels to come to your church? I think at least two and a half hours For, uh, from like a different have, state. Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have, we have multiple families that come from South Carolina. Wow. We've had people coming from Alabama and from uh, Tennessee. Man. I mean, we thought it was crazy to, to have, we had a couple, and they moved now, but um, yeah. they were coming from Utah to our church. You have like from multiple states. Yeah. That's commitment right there. It all oh, absolutely is. I mean, that's the type of people, like the church is just awesome, right? I mean, the people that are coming are really dedicated. Yeah. Um, they really take it seriously. They love the church. It's a great church. <clears throat> and um, I, and it's also now encouraging to me because I'm I'm looking at this going like, hey, church plant South Carolina, church plant Alabama, mm. and it's gonna and those those churches will thrive. So, are you planning to start a church in those when states? When we can, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's is that in the that's, works? That's yeah. 
it's going to take a little bit. Yeah. We still you need, need the leaders and all mm -hmm. that. I mean, we've been, we're training men. Mm -hmm. No one's at the, at the, uh, level yet to be able to take on that task. Yeah. Yet, But, um, but you we're can training. foresee it in the future. Yeah, that yeah we can. And you know, I'm, Everyone has a little bit, all the pastors have, I think, a little bit of a different uh, approach to uh, determining when they feel people are ready and kind of what they want to set them out to do and, and whatever. And I'm, I'm extremely conservative. On well, explain to me. What do you mean by that? Like, so, so, so conservative. Give me an example if you're to, if, what would be some, some qualifications? Obviously, you have the qualifications, well, we have the qualifications in, the Bible. in the Bible, right? Yeah. But Aside from that, you would have your own some personal preferences. Let me just, yeah. So a preference that I see maybe that other people have used that I probably wouldn't use mm -hmm. is, um, you know, it's the Bible says you have to have obviously children. Mm -hmm. So more than one child, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. But in order to determine if you are ruling your house well and faithfully, I, I would want to see more of growth in the children. So not like a one in a three year old I see. or something like that Yeah. to just check the box. Like I yeah. kind of would want to, I want to feel more comfortable of like. So let me ask you in that, in that regard, are you saying to send someone out where they are permanently the pastor or for yes. that individual to be sent out to just be the the leader of right. that church Two different plant. things. That's right. Two different things. Okay. And, and I treat those two different things. I see. So you would want to see more growth uh, for, you know, to be able to see that those children are not unruly. Mm -hmm. They would have to obviously have to be older. To be able to understand to be able commands, to determine, right? I mean, like yeah. a one-year-old, how do you determine if a one-year-old's unruly? Right. right. I mean, they're... So you're basically saying that you would want to see that a man's ruling his house well, his children are not unruly, they're in subjection with all gravity, mm -hmm. before you would actually lay hands on him to ordain him as the official pastor of that church. Yes, I see, correct. okay. Yes, and now, now I actually had this discussion with someone recently at church too, because they were asking me just about different, you know, with church planning especially, um, I have no problem sending people out to what, you know, what we call the boots on the ground and, and help to run the ministry and help yeah. to do things on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. administratively. They're not the pastor. They don't have the pastoral authority over the yeah. church. It's just a church plant. And I'm cool with all that. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that I have decided to approach that is it's going to be on a case-by-case -case basis with the people involved mm -hmm. and on the distance. So like a church plant that's closer to us, I'd be more willing to have somebody over that who's like that less might, qualified. Yeah, less qualified. Yeah. Because then it's easier for me to to take up the slack or do anything mm -hmm. and have more oversight, direct oversight. Yeah. When needed. Whereas versus, if it's a little further, you would need that person to be a little more mature. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of have their stuff in order. Yeah. I mean, so if you don't necessarily like, have to worry so much about like the yeah, small things. Exactly. I mean, if there's someone that's like, I'm, I'm. They're really close to already being ordained. Yeah. Like, great. Like, here's going to be some more training for you. I think this is going to be really good yeah. opportunity. And That makes a lot of sense because obviously someone who is not necessarily mature in the Lord or they're a novice, mm -hmm. you know, the closer they are, the more mistakes they can make mm -hmm. and you can kind of help them with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if like they're in another state. It just becomes difficult. I mean, it just hard. becomes difficult. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, oh man, what are we going to do? With this person, you know, what if they quit? Yep. What if they get discouraged? Yep. Or you know what I mean? Like you would want someone who's um, at least has that aptitude to kind of deal with problems mm -hmm. and not, you know, overburden you or something. Well, and there's also you, to consider too. Like so, what I what I also consider is not just the eligibility of the people from a scriptural standpoint, but you know, they have families, they have jobs. What's it gonna take for them to up plant, you know, up, uproot and go there. And is it something that they even want to do? Yeah. Right? Like I have these ideas of where I would like to see churches planted mm -hmm. and they, if they even have that desire, may want to go somewhere else. So are you right? saying so, that like, for example, if you have an individual in your church who is working towards that end of being a pastor, mm -hmm. are you saying that you would prefer for them to favor the area that you would want to go plant a church in, or does it matter? No, not they... It doesn't okay. matter, but it, but that would come into play until when I would be wanting to send them out. Yeah, right? I see what you're saying. So let's say someone someone's hometown is in, I don't know how far, like a, a San Diego, New Mexico, whatever, right? Oh, just okay. I mean, just just farther That's, away yeah. from Georgia, right? Okay. Just just anywhere, mm -hmm. start going out west or whatever, uh, and they didn't want to you know start a church in one of these areas that's real close to us 
then I, yeah, I'm going to want them to be much more prepared. If not just send out a pastor, yeah. send out someone who's a lot closer. In simplest to, form, you basically, that would almost be put on the back burner because the immediate areas would be probably a number one priority. Because they're easier. And it's I mean, more likely for them to take that position if they are willing to go closer. Yeah. Whereas well, if they're going further out, they need more training. And and I already know these close areas, we have people. Mm-hmm. I know the soul winnings. We've been doing these, these uh, soul winning marathons at these states. Yeah. I mean, the soul winning's been good. The people are there. There's a lot of people. I don't know. And I'm trying to help people get see this too, right? How could you not want to have a church like a brand new church plant with a whole bunch of people that are going to come ready oh, yeah. and dedicated? That, I mean, I love that about starting in Atlanta. Yeah. Compared, we were just talking about Word of Truth. Mm-hmm. Word of Truth started with nobody in my house yeah. going out and knocking doors, which that's hard. I mean, that, yeah. that's hard. It's hard work. Well, that's that's pretty much my philosophy when it comes to church planning, that churches should start churches, obviously. But along with that is that the church plant that you start should remain a church plant for a little bit, and the main church should have a little bit of authority over that mm-hmm. until it's ready to be on its own. And I think it's it's far more productive if the pastor starts that church and there's already a group of people there mm-hmm. to do the soul winning. They can song lead. Maybe they can play a piano. Yep. They can do all those things. And I think that's more of a biblical model. And in fact, years ago, before we started uh, First Works Baptist Church, which was previously Faithful Word, mm-hmm. I had helped my father-in-law start a church, and that's exactly what he did. He basically sent like sitters mm-hmm to the church plant that was about 30 minutes away from the home church. And there was workers, there were song leaders, there's people that can run different ministries. And they were there for a couple months until they can train someone, uh, you know, to kind of take their place. And then, you know, that church was kind of functioning on its own after a while. But it had like a group of people there already. So it's like you're not singing to like, you're not singing a solo when you're doing the congregationals or something. Like there's a group of people that are already singing with you and there's a group of soul winners out there. Mm I think that's a lot better because then the momentum it's is a lot already faster. there. Yeah, you, you you're already ahead in the game. Yeah, right? for I mean, sure. It's, it, it, it's it it really is hard. I'm telling you. Oh you yeah, know, I mean, from scratch, you started you... from scratch. My father-in-law started from yep. scratch. He called it like parachute church planning, where it's like you just drop a guy I somewhere. He's <laughs> like, just do it. You know what I mean? And he did that, and he said well, it was so hard. Yeah. Because you just don't have anybody. It's just like you, your wife, and your kids. It's, it's all building momentum. Yeah. Right? So, and, and because some people, they're not comfortable, like, oh, man, there's like two people here. Yeah. In this guy's house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've definitely seen people pull up and then drive away, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, but, you know, but hey, if, you, if you're doing it that way, great. Like, yeah. God will build the church. For sure. God will build the church. It is harder. and But there is something to be said for having already a bunch of people, a group, I think a, it's a solid core. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to move things along faster. Yeah. Well, I'm all for uh, streamlining the process, you know, and doing it that way because I, I just think it's... And then, you know, if you get a guy who starts a church or helps start to start a church, you know, they can easily lose motivation mm-hmm. if you just drop them somewhere in a different state. If they don't have the experience, like they can lose motivation, they can get discouraged, they could, you know, they're going to want to quit. It requires a certain level of fortitude mm-hmm. to just plow away, even though you're not succeeding. You know what I mean? Well, and that's why as a pastor, when you're selecting somebody to do that, you keep in mind what they're going in what with. What are they too. capable of? And yeah, and, and you're you're how you observe that person. What do you think that they're you know if they're able to to withstand? You know, if, they, yeah, if they've absolutely. got that. Uh, Making sure they don't faint in the day of adversity. But whereas, you know, the church plant, you know, like my my father-in-law basically told me when we started that church, he was the pastor and I was the boots on the ground. And then it kind of gave me an opportunity to kind of like fail a lot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like kind of mess up because then I would bring it to him and he kind of just like fix it and teach me and rebuke Mm -hmm. me and correct me. But then I learned a lot. Sure. So it's just like, you know, I wasn't, you know, essentially just destroying the church or something with bad decisions because it was still you know, under his authority. Right. But at, at the same time, I learned a lot. Yeah. You know, well, I learned how to you work learn with by people. failing. I mean, you, when you, yeah. when you fail things, you do things that are, you know, and it's a safe way to fail. A, yeah. Cause you still have your pastor there. You can communicate right. with, I think that's a great idea. I, that's what, one of the reasons why I, for all the guys that I train too, 
I, they have to be going through some kind of ministry. So like we do um, like nursing home ministries or we do like a prison ministry or anything like that. Yeah. You have to, you have to get experience doing things like that mm -hmm. because that also just builds experience. So those, those are times where you're preparing sermons are going to be running the show. They're going to be doing things and, it, and you know, they have to learn on the, uh, you know, on the fly, you have to learn yeah. on the job. And are you all saying that, that like you got, you have to observe productivity? Like if they're pr productive people, no, I'm talking about just um, it, for my training program mm -hmm. is you need to be involved in some ministry and some ministry that you're going to be responsible for. Okay. I, and the reason why is because I learned a lot that way myself. So yeah. Pastor Anderson suggested me starting up a nursing home ministry. He really just put all of that on me. He said, okay, you're going to do it. You're going to contact the people. You know, he was there for me if I needed any help or any yeah. questions, right, to get any guidance. But the whole, the ball was in my court to say, okay, you go out, you find the people, you make the schedule whenever you're able to do it. You make the commitment, you make sure you're there every week. If you need anyone to fill in for you, that's your obligation, right? It's, it's my responsibility. So it became like you my to, ministry. You have to learn how to build something. Yeah. Build yeah. people. And, 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 ha and, and have the, you know, the um, responsibility factor of going now every week, I have to have a sermon ready. Yeah. Every week. I'm, I'm responsible for that. So if I'm going to go on vacation, if I'm going to do anything else, you know, someone, I mean, make sure someone's going to fill that spot. Yeah. Teaching them responsibility. Yeah. I mean, it's all of it for yeah, me, for, sure. for me, just doing the sermons every week was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Cause way back then, I mean, it, it could take me eight hours to write a 15 minute sermon. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Also, um, man, what was I thinking of right now? You know, when you send someone out, I think it's a really good idea, the the whole churches planning churches, because like if you think about it, let's say you send someone out from your church and they're kind of under your leadership for a while and then they, they become fully qualified and then they become autonomous, they become independent. Mm -hmm. They've kind of built up a really good relationship with you as their pastor and so even though they're independent, like they can always reach out to you. Right. You right. know what I mean? Because you have the experience. And so if they run into a situation at their church that they're not necessarily familiar with, mm -hmm. they can always contact their pastor because they have a good relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And be like, hey, what do you think I should do in this situation? Or, you know, can you, do you have any counsel or advice? I think that's a really good thing. I think it's important for like pastors to have pastors who are more experienced in them that they can still reach out to and contact. Absolutely. I mean, know? look, I've done that plenty of times. Yeah, me too. You run across situations that haven't experienced before. Just got a question. Hey, I'd curious how you would handle something like this. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a good, uh, it's good to have that. Good, yeah. Amen. Good, you know, in, in the multitude of counselors or safety, right? I yeah, mean, for sure. I mean, I'm just saying like when you plant that church, it's like you just, I'm assuming like the, the, the church planner, the one who's there, it's going to be really close to the pastor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They obviously have a good relationship. Like you still have a good relationship with Pastor Anderson. Mm -hmm. You guys are really good friends. Even though he he's essentially almost like a mentor to us, mm -hmm. he's still your friend. Yep. And I'm sure you, you're comfortable with just calling him up and saying, hey, I have a question about something because you have a good relationship. Absolutely, with yeah. So I think that's a really huge benefit to like planning churches in that manner. Yes. That you don't cut ties completely. Well, think about that compared to the, the current model of so many other churches of sending people off to Bible college. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's extra bond that grows with pastors training men to, to preach and stuff because you're spending more time together just yeah. naturally. So when you're going through that whole training ground process and everything, you you know, these guys, and then you rely on them in church more and you're dealing with them more because they take on more more of the load, right? Yeah, and Bible college kind of severs that relationship. Yeah. It kind of strains that because yeah. you're not, you're kind of estranged from your pastor. So if you do get sent out, it's just like, you know, that, that, that closeness, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, is not there. Yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. Well, I had the privilege, even though that I went to Bible college, the college that I went to was my pastor's Bible college, so I still was close to him. Right. But I can definitely see that with, like, other colleges. If they send them out out of state to right. go somewhere, they don't see their pastor for years. Yeah. And they may stay in contact with them a little bit, but then when they come back and they're ready to be sent out, it's just like they don't really have that relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a plus. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, what else would you say, you know, as far as preparing someone, 
to start a church? What else would you be looking for? For the ministry? I mean, they have to have a desire. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's, that is like very a important. Like a self-starter? Yeah. Someone who wants to do it. Someone who's, I mean, someone who's already showed themselves faithful too. I mean, it, you, you can't, you, you know the obligations. You have to be able to, to meet a lot of obligations and be able to juggle a lot. Yeah. To keep things running. Yeah. It's, and it, it's definitely time consuming. And one, one other point too, on, on, I think on, on with the children is, um, you know, I remember the difficulties because it's not, it, while the pastor is the authority and in charge of the church, there is a lot of work on the wife and the family. There's an impact. There's a toll taken for doing that ministry. Mm-hmm. And you can't overlook the preparedness and readiness of the whole family mm-hmm. because of the strain. Yeah. And if you have a mom with, with just little ones, that's just like really difficult to like, if they're already having a hard time, maybe, you know, they're fitting the bill in so many areas, great people, great Christian workers, whatever, but you can still see there's maybe some, you know, not still quite solid. Give us an example. With attendance, with, uh, you know, with other things happening, maybe in their life or whatever. You want, you want to have people who are solid. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's got some level of, of chaos going on in their life at some point, right? Especially yeah. you, you have kids and you, you're serving the Lord, you're doing a lot of stuff. But like, are you saying like, if you feel like maybe this area and their family, the children, that, that area is being neglected? Well, that that's a, could be a possibility, right? Because okay. that, that's, that's obviously a possibility with, with pastoring, you know, just end up getting so consumed with everything that you end up neglecting yeah. the home. But that's that's not really what I was thinking of as much as just the family needs to be in order before you start something so big. So explain and, and to me, what do you mean by so not in by, order? Yeah, exactly. No, so not just an order of, obviously the kids need to be obedient, Yeah. right? Wife needs to be obedient, right? So you're not gonna have any, any type of conflict. conflict in that regard. Mm-hmm. But maybe, there's a lot of hardship of even being able to say, make it to church and not quite getting there on time and not, you know, and, and I see what these, these little things, yeah. right? But those little things, if you're not, a, you know, kind of paying attention to it, are the types of things that can grow maybe a little bit more out of yeah. control as you add a lot more weight and a lot more duty to the-, yeah. to the Are you saying like, for example, let me see if I can explain it. if Basically, like the pastor, even if he's not the pastor yet, but the, the overseer mm-hmm. and his family, they essentially have to be the examples yes. of that whatever the congregation. Yeah. So in order to be the example, they have to be able to fulfill the basics. Already. With, uh, yeah. Like I mean, already. You, yeah, you, like you, you have, have to be the example yeah. of being punctual, example of soul winning, attendance. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to be the example of, you know, because people are looking towards you That's right. as an example of what a family should be. So if they're lacking character in those areas, maybe an example of discipline, mm-hmm. example of, you know, uh, chastising your children and not, you know, you have to essentially fit the bill at its most basic level, you know, in order for them to be sent out because of the fact that they're examples to everyone else that's right so if they're not fulfilling even like for example attendance or they're always late Mm -hmm. or you know there's just something going on in that family where just they they lack character in a certain area that's what you're referring to Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i agree with that that's good amen you said it much better (laughs) no i I think that's great because i i do agree with that i think for me it's like if, if they don't have those basics down that means that for me the basics are very important of course they are yeah. And the way you display that they're important is that you 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 execute it with excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, you're consistent with it. And it's not like, you know, obviously the 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 pastor or the overseer he's not going to be doing a barbecue on Sunday night or something like that. You right. know what I mean? I'm saying like, you know, they they're there, but they arrive 15 minutes late. It seems like they're disorderly. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily taking the work of God serious as leaders then that's not necessarily a good sign of leadership or someone who should take over right. a well, church plant. And, and at least it just shows that like, hey, there's some work to be done here. Yeah, So sure. it's not time yet. Yeah. And they could be great, like I said, great people doing a lot, right? Yeah. And, and, and have a lot of knowledge, but just some things to 
just look for them, right? Because I agree with that. Because it, it, it's such an important it, it's such an important function in role. Like you you really don't want to set anyone up for a failure or disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like because that's a that's a huge setback when you're getting someone sent out and then and then it fails. Yeah. Right. Because it causes a lot of ridicule and mocking and everything right. else. You know, you don't count the costs. Right. And then. And then also, you could just damage that person's. Yeah, their own their know, own spiritual life. Their own spiritual could be, life, yeah. and they get discouraged and everything. Yeah. So it's not like you know we, because people could listen to this and say, "Oh man, that just seems too strict or something. That just seems a little too much." But really, I mean, your people's lives are at, at you stake. know yeah, it is. at stake. Yeah. Like other people's lives, and, spiritual lives. Well, and think about too. I mean, people might move to join a church. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. That almost happened to us. Yeah. You know, we were going to start a church a couple years ago in Denver, Colorado. And we were essentially sold a bill of goods because it was communicated that, you know, there's this big core group there and everyone tithes and they have enough money to support a pastor. And I mean, they they kind of sold it. And they when I say they, it's like two people. Okay. <laughs> and you know, they, they basically were saying like, oh man, you know, people are faithful. We got, a, we got like 30 people yeah. and, you know, they can support a pastor. It's great out here. And so they even wrote out, like they gave us a packet of, and I was like, wow, they got their stuff organized, here. Yeah, very organized. Yeah. So I flew out there and I was like, I want to fly out there. I want to meet everyone. You know, this 30 people that you mm-hmm. claim are here, I want to meet them. And then I just want to spend time with you guys and just kind of get to know the people there. And then we'll consider whether we're going to start a church. And, you know, if, if all of the, what you say is so, yeah. then, you know, I don't right. see why we couldn't start a church, sure. you know? So we went out there and there was like, I don't know, seven people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe like out of those seven, four of them already had a different church they went to. And, um, you know, we went soul winning and the soul winning, it was just kind of disorganized. And I was just kind of like, this is not what they what? communicated. And then they were just kind of talking to me like, yeah, so when you make us independent, like, well, like, wait a minute, hold on a second, make you independent, like, you're not even yeah, an institution yet, 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 you know? And so he's like, well, we're looking at a building tomorrow, you know, we could go look at that building and and then we'll go from there and then, you know, this person can preach. And, and I was like, are you able to preach? And they're just like, I don't know. I've never done it before in my life, you know, and I'm just like, oh man. So I remember going back to my hotel room and I was just praying, like, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is of the Lord. And I just pray and I was just like, Lord, just kind of expose if this is a really bad idea. So we were driving in the vehicle and and, and the people who helped me find out what the truth is, is probably going to be listening to this. So they know exactly how this went down. They're really good people, but we're, I I was driving in their vehicle and we're we're on our way to the building and the the husband was driving and the wife was sitting behind me and i just got this bad feeling in my stomach i'm just like this is such a bad idea i don't like this idea Mm -hmm. i don't think this is going to happen and then the wife's like pastor mejia i have something to tell you and i was just like tell me everything Everything. (laughs) i was like leave no stone unturned tell me everything Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, now's the time. And I thought, I was like, you need to tell me everything now. Don't leave anything out. And he's like, this person said there's 30 people. There's no 30. People here. <laughs> They're like, literally. Uh, in fact, he said, or she said, when the meeting was over yesterday, he told us to make sure to contact people from our church to come to tomorrow come. Oh. to make it look like wow. it was like a lot of people. And I was just like, that's all I needed to yeah. hear. So we get there to the building and you know, the, the, the guy, the real estate agent, he's just kind of showing the building. And I'm just like looking around thinking to myself, like, like nope, I'm just putting on a show right now. Cause we're not, right, <laughs> we're right, not doing right, this. Right. Like, Oh yeah, that's nice. I'm like, so wow, it, look it, at that cool. whole yeah. wall. You know, and he's just like, so then we, we go out and the guy's just like, so what do you think? I was like, well, you know, we're not starting this church. I was like, you guys are the only people here. I think all of you need to go back to your church you need to go find a church or go to their church because we're not starting anything anytime. And the guy was just livid. Him and his wife were just beside themselves. Wow. They'd even talk to me for the rest of the trip. You know, they, they we went, cause we're supposed to go back to that, the, the family's house to go have lunch. Mm-hmm. And they went back and they went upstairs 
and just locked themselves in a room and just never came out. Wow. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, we dodged the bullet. Yep. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, you well, know. That's why you got to be diligent. I mean, it, it really yeah. is. It's that important. Yeah, for sure. That could have been a disaster. It was yeah. like a nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause, that's you interesting know, that happened in Denver, too. Why is that? What, you like Denver? <laughs> no, I do like Denver. Denver's pretty cool. That was one of the places when it's I- It's a weird before, airport. Before, <laughs> yeah, very weird. Before we started Word of Truth, I was we were traveling around and I was considering different places and I went to that place. Uh, I visited a church there and um, I just had this weird opportunity where the guy was like, like I, I just met him that day mm -hmm. and was like inviting me to start this church there and like they would have all this funding and all this stuff. And I'm just going like, and he was telling me about this ministry that they had. Yeah. Where the money was coming from. No, I doubt it. This was. Wait, what? This was bizarre. Okay. They, they had this ministry where, where it was to like support. I don't remember. It was so long ago, but it was like children. It was, it was some type of a children's thing where they were like collecting this money to have kids to be able to go to school or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But but basically what he was saying was that, well, the church was able to use some of that funding to be able to start this church. Yeah, and that, that's why I was like, whoa, uh, that doesn't, doesn't sound like right. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm and good. <laughs> yeah, if someone was interested just in money, mm -hmm. it sounds like it would probably be a really good deal. Yeah. But that's not what I was interested in yeah, at all. Crazy. I was just like, uh, no. Wow. Like, I'll think about it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about it for a little bit, but you're like, yeah. no, thanks. Yeah, no. No. That's nuts. But it's just it's just interesting. It's Denver, Denver, something about yeah. that. No offense to the people in Denver. We know there's good people there's, in Denver, yeah, Colorado. There's plenty of good people out there. Just, uh, awesome families over there. Just weird. Stay uh, in that church. You guys are doing great. Yeah. But it's just, you know. But who knows? Maybe the Lord will lead us to start a church there one day. Who knows? And and th and that's not the only time that's happened. This happened to us like three times wow. already, where like an opportunity to start a church, you know, came to us, and I was like gun ho because I really want to start a church. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have a heart for church planning. I just I just feel like it's important to to just flood the United States with churches mm -hmm. like ours. But obviously, I'm not just gonna rush into anything. But there was like another church. Uh, that was like that and they're just like the buildings paid off and um, you know uh, the buildings paid off and they can they can pay for a pastor we just need a pastor and it was like a small group of people mm -hmm. and I was just like <coughs> I was thinking to myself well maybe we can utilize whatever money that they can pay to just fly out like pastors or fly out pastors people and to, people to go yeah. preach until we can like train someone mm -hmm. And so I, I basically told him, I said, well, if I go over there, like I'm going to end up being the pastor. Like right. once, once you guys vote me in, we're throwing out that constitution. Right, right, right. Everything's changing. Everything's yeah. changing. Yeah. And so are you fine with that? And then, you know, th they talked about it on Sunday night and they're just like, have them come over. Like, this sounds great. You know, everyone was for it. But then the next day, the deacon's wife like just like blew up on everyone. It was just like, he's a hate preacher. <laughs> he says all these things. Do not let him come over here. And they're just like, you can't come. And I was just like, all right, all right. you're yeah. lost then. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But that could have been a nightmare too. Yeah. You know? And so if anything seems like an overnight type, uh, an opportunity to be an overnight success, it's probably just not a probably good not idea. A good Better to just have the slow process where you're training someone, doing the, the, the boots on the ground, just laboring mm -hmm. and failing. It's just, that's a better quality church, mm -hmm. you know, rather than the overnight success. I agree. And, and it's a lot of work. Like I, I can't imagine, I've never run another church plant. Oh yeah. I have enough with one. Yeah. Like that's, and that's another thing for me, you know, Maybe when I'm not working another full-time job, mm -hmm. I'd be a lot more inclined to then want to push a little bit harder yeah. to see if we can get another plant going. But for me, I'm, yeah. the, I'm, I need someone really ready to go. Oh yeah. 
because I don't have the time. Yeah, Pastor Thompson, to... you crazy. <laughs> this guy has like, what is it, like five churches? One of them is like in a different country. He's like the only new IFB guy who has a church in another country. Like, what is it, in the UK? Which, by the way, that church is doing really good. Are they? Yeah, and in, in, uh, England, they're just the, the... But you see, here's the thing. He has a great leader there. That's right. Who's just, you know, I don't know. It seems like a preaches well yep. he's a great leader he's just doing a great work and the church is growing and i think that's like you were saying because it's far away mm -hmm. it's important to have someone, someone who is like that like that yeah. because aside from the fact that you're not going to be dealing with problems if that person's mature enough to deal with the problems mm -hmm. two you know you can kind of just kind of like let him do whatever he's going to do because he's going to grow the ministry he's going to grow the people he's going to you know uh, be a go-getter, a self-starter. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about those things. So that's like the byproduct right there. Mm -hmm. But Pastor Thompson's crazy, man. That's like a lot. He has, I don't know how many church plants, and I'm sure he's planning to start more churches. God hey, bless God, you. Yeah, I would say God bless him. That's, <laughs> a, that's all I got to say is God bless yeah. him. You know, I always say that, uh, you know, bless the work. I hope I hope that all those churches succeed and thrive. And, Absolutely. And, and, and they're, and they're all doing do, good. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know of any new IFP church that's not doing good. Yeah. I think they're all doing good because of the fact that I think they have the right people in the church as leadership and and you know they're preaching god's word unfiltered mm -hmm. they're not compromising they're doing a lot of soul winning and i think god's blessing the churches mm -hmm. because of that i do want to start churches i i hope one day i can start a church in california um but i just learned from those experiences those last three that i'm not going to rush into anything because maybe you know our church is just not ready for it yeah maybe we're just not ready to do it obviously we need the leadership but you know i just kind of said Whenever that door comes to us, we'll go through it. Yep. And, you know, there's no rush. We're only five years old. And, you know, we, we might not start a church until we're 10, 15 years old. Sure. Who knows? But until then, just plow away in your church and, you know, just have that vision to start a church one day and prepare. Yeah, I don't know when, uh, like, Faithful Word was seven years old when Word of Truth was started. Mm. And then actually eight almost eight years old okay because they started 2005 christmas and word of truth was started in november 2013. i remember you remember seeing that video yeah, pastor burzins he had a really big beard you're like on the side <laughs> you know you know i had that big beard until i burned it <laughs> in my fire pit you <laughs> like burned it yeah <laughs> oh man that must i've never stunk. i've never i've never it, it sunk really bad I've, <laughs> I've never had a big beard like that since <laughs> so you had a big beard and then you how'd you burn it Just, <laughs> what in the getting was, a fire was the preaching fire that hot or what yeah. i i it's pouring it's called pouring fuel to the fire <laughs> <laughs> and what you just lit it and it just yeah it just blew it was a fireball but your beard protected your face or something? Or yeah, what? I mean, I, I didn't get, I didn't get like burned. <laughs> oh, okay. but it, but it made the hairs singe, right? So it just like, <laughs> and 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 it was noticeable. So like, I had to just, I had to trim it down then. And I was it's like, all, all right, that's it's like a lopsided beard. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story about this beard, man. That's crazy. I, I'll never forget that video. I remember we used to watch that, that video. commercial. Yeah, the commercial. <laughs> it inspired us to make our own because because when we when we started church, I was like, I want to make a video like Pastor Burzins. So we, when we when we started Faithful Word Baptist Church in LA, we did one. It, it was almost like identical to yours. Like we even had like I even had the long the beard. beard. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like I would watch yours. I was like I need That's to do funny. it like this. That was a cool That's commercial. Funny. Yeah, it was cool. That was that at your house. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, you know, and, and Faithful Word was really helpful for us. Yeah, amen. That was one of the benefits of having a church plant that was kind of close. How far was Prescott? It's like an hour and a half. Okay. Somewhere that hour and a half, yeah. hour, 45 minutes. You know, it's far enough, but not uh, not too far at all. Yeah. So we they would they would send people up occasionally. You know, we would do probably every quarter, maybe people would be coming up. We do big soul winning events and stuff. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a great blessing having them there. That's awesome. To help. And that's one of the benefits, you know, church planning and having someone sort of close, you know, be yeah. a couple hours away. You could get a lot of extra additional support from the sending church. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know he's he's the one, what you know that uh, Faith Ward helped us to be able to even produce that that commercial because we weren't in any position to do that. But they helped us with that. You know, uh, Paul filmed it, and yeah, it was cool. It was great. Yeah, I like it. It's a great blessing. Uh, I'm telling you, I I remember watching it with Ulysses. Yeah, yeah. we would watch it. 
like, man, that looks cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then I need to get back into the video stuff. Man, that's a. Do you do video editing? No. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's it right there. Yeah, look, that's my house. Man, Wasn't that the perfect setup for a church, though? Yeah. Like that room say, was it looks awesome. Like a it looks like a church. It looks yes. like a church. Yeah, everything. It's like a, it's almost like a steeple. You know, we got. To, <laughs> we look get at the, the size angle. of that beard, though. So you burn half that of was that no thing, joke. or what? <laughs> How no long did joke. it take you to grow that? I don't know. So can you still grow a beard like that, or what? Yeah. Yeah, prove it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's November, right? No shave November. Yeah, like that. Yeah, see, he yeah. was. Yeah, because remember we said that. I said that in my video too, like yeah, old-fashioned, old fundamental, <laughs> King James only. It's like the nicest way to say you're old-fashioned and fundamental. Having a big old-fashioned beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still have that pulpit. I do. Oh, nice. I do. Yeah, it's it's raised up a little bit now since then, so kind of fits my height a little bit better. I was hunched over that thing for like two years. Yeah. How tall are you? 6'2". Are you taller than Pastor Thompson? No. How tall is Pastor Thompson? <laughs> he's a giant. <laughs> he's I know he's in Amalekite, but like... We measure him in cubits. I mean... Was <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a descendant of... Uh, of Anak. Of Anak. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty... What is he? What is he? Maybe seven. He's pretty tall. Seven? Man. Yeah. I think so. I think it's like six, seven, something like that. Yeah, I don't like standing next to him. It's too big. <laughs> I feel like he's going to step on me. You know what I mean? No, what'd you say? Oh, yeah. You feel, you feel like a grasshopper in his side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So then what year? Are you started in 2000. Word of 18. 13 in Word of Truth and yeah. 18 for a stronghold. A stronghold. Okay, great. That's cool. Well, Lord willing, you know, the do the Lord will open up some doors for us to start more churches. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, thankfully, I I'm thankful that, you know, even though I'm not starting churches, like our friends are, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have like Pastor Jimenez starting churches. It, it's just a matter of time though. Yeah. Right. I mean, you just, you, you probably have plenty of guys that are growing spiritually. Yeah. For right. Sure. I mean, just, just, and, and here's the way I look at it too. We don't just have one guy that we're like training. Yeah. I mean, we have we have a whole bunch of guys that are at different levels of training. But one day, yeah. Then I'm then I'm thinking we'll probably be able to start sending off some, you know, doing some more plants in a, in a shorter period of time. Right. Because then we'll we'll have gotten a bunch of people ready to go. Yeah. And yeah, and that'll good. be the time for that. And you know, it's we're not there yet, but then the time's gonna come and then we'll be going boom, 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 boom. And we'll yeah. see kind of like right now we're seeing the growth internally for our the the home church, right? The only church. Then we'll be reaching the stage of our development where we start to expand out yeah. that way. Amen. That's awesome. That's good. A totally different subject, if you don't mind me bringing it up. No, go ahead. There's something that's been uh just recently in our soul winning We've been hitting these neighborhoods uh, in Atlanta. This is one of the cool things about Atlanta also. It's this hub of like all people from all over the world. It's this international hub. You know, Atlanta airport's like the busiest international airport like it's in the huge, world. Isn't it the it's biggest huge. airport yeah, in the United it's States? It's massive. Yeah. It's massive. The greater Atlanta area has like 10 million people. Wow. And they're literally just people from all over the world. So we hit areas... I mean, the area we were just doing on Sunday is like uh, people who speak a lot of Swahili, a lot of African people, mm -hmm. and um, and different types too. I mean, there's people kind of from all over. And what we've been using, making the uh, uh, great use of, is the Faithful Word app. Mm. Do you guys use that out soul winning or no? Like, when you, do you ever do you run into pockets of people? I know where people you don't who speak do the language. Yeah, and then you have the languages yeah, and different just, gospels you can just on the play app. it. Like we literally just stand there and, and play it for them. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not like counting salvations on something where I don't even. But speak I mean, the they're language. listening to but, the gospel. But they get to hear the gospel. Yeah. Right, and who knows if they get saved? I mean, yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. What a great opportunity! To, I mean, what a great blessing that we could live in a time where, where you can have like the that. plan of salvation in your hand. Yeah. And you could just play that for somebody to hear awesome. in their language. Yeah, for sure. And even have like the translate apps and stuff where you can talk into it. I don't know if you've ever done that before either. You 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 talk. And then it'll play it for the other person yeah. and translate it. And you could kind of, it's a slower process, but we've been doing a lot with, uh, there's, that's been coming up a lot more recently. Are there a lot of Hispanics there? Oh yeah. Okay. Especially in Norcross. 
Mm. Actually, that's a, it's a very highly Hispanic uh, area. Like a lot of Mexicans or Puerto yeah. Ricans or what, what there's is? a good mix, but a lot of Mexicans. Okay. And uh, I mean, that's another thing we plan on doing is doing another uh, um, having a Spanish service because there's so many Hispanics there. Really? And we've got a few people in our church that that are fluent. Speak Spanish, yeah. preach in Spanish. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I could speak Spanish, but I'm not fluent enough to. You, know you speak Spanish? See, yeah. si. <laughs> de veras. You can really, like, like have a conversation. No. Wait, why are you scared? <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start talking to you in Spanish right now. Do it. Right. Estás listo? Yo entiendo un poquito. Mm. No, no, That's no. what every person no, says. No. Why does no. everyone say, yo entiendo no. un poquito? No. <laughs> Let's get something yo. else. Let's see what else you got. Come on. Dígame algo en, de la Biblia. ¿Me puede uh, decir okay. algo la, de la Biblia? La, los Efesios. <laughs> <laughs> capítulo 2. He's like, Dios, Dios Jesucristo. <laughs> salvación. <No. laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Porque por gracia soy salvos por la fe y esto no, no de vosotros, pues es uh, don de Dios, no por obras, para que nadie se glorie. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Pastor Dave Verzi just quoted Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 9 in Spanish. In Spanish. That's pretty good. So you, you can preach the gospel in Spanish. I do, yeah. yeah. Wow. I have very few salvations just because I'm not, I, I'm, I, I, when I go through the Bible, the Bible helps me with my Spanish, right? So like if I want to say something, then I could like, oh yeah, that's you know, this is how I say it, and kind of use the the yeah. Bible as a as a help. Yeah. But if someone, if I run into people who, that's pretty good. They they, their heart like like I have to answer a lot more questions or something. Yeah. Then, then I'm gonna be like, yeah, lo siento, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> gracias por su tiempo, señor. Dios le bendiga. <laughs> Vaya con Dios. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. So, can you read in Spanish? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but the, the hardest part for me is like uh, people can have different uh, dialects. Mm-hmm. So, some people I just cannot understand at all. <laughs> Seriously. But then there's other people. But, but think about it. Like I'm in the South. There's people who speak English I can't understand at all. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same like thing. Like the, the English. The, the people I can communicate with the best are the people who, even if they only speak Spanish. But yeah, if they, I could barely understand Pastor Robinson sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. If, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> if they've been in America for a long time, and their accent's been Americanized, yeah, I can understand that really well. But if they're like fresh off the boat, yeah, I'd from forget, Cuba forget or it. Puerto Rico or forget something like it. that. They, that's well. That's one, but well, some I, of it's just the it's just the inflection and the way that they yeah. speak. Like I, I can't I even understand what the understand. word is. I, just, I, I'm fluent in Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish. I can speak Spanish. I can preach in Spanish. I read in Spanish. But there's certain people like from Cuba, from Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. If I had a conversation with, I just don't know what they're saying because mm-hmm. maybe they speak too fast or just the way they pronounce certain yeah. words. I'm just like I don't know what he's saying. Like I'll catch words here and there. But I you know, I totally agree. I thrive at Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got you got the person that can speak some English, right? Yeah, that can yeah, speak yeah, some yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we could we could actually. So have a how did you learn? Do you just learn? Did high you? School. Oh, high school. Also, yeah. oh, you know, Spanish is then four years in high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. So then I was better with the with the conversational, and then I just didn't do anything with it until Faithful Word, and then you know, in Phoenix, going soul winning. Oh yeah. I yeah. started. Learn, picking it back up again, yeah. right? So Pastor Anderson was teaching some Spanish classes, and I was taking those and refreshing a lot of stuff. And that's yeah, because he I speaks Spanish doing, fluently. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started doing the Bible memory mm-hmm. in Spanish, you know, and those types of things just to help the soul winning. So, and now it's still, it's still uh, very important for soul winning. So go ahead and introduce yourself at the door in Spanish. Hola, señor, me llamo David. Yo soy de la, de la Iglesia Bautista, Stronghold Baptist Church. Um, see, uh, here's, here's what I ask people. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I say, queremos invitarle a nuestra iglesia, pero más importante que va a la iglesia es una pregunta, y la pregunta es, ¿sabe usted seguro que va a ir al cielo cuando muerte? Con 100%, I always say con 100%, because <laughs> they're always like, Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So you even pronounce that's, your name in Spanish. Oh, yeah. You're like, hola, me llamo David. David. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you, David. It's like, David. David. 
Well, I'm glad you you actually pronounce your church in English because sometimes people will try to like they'll speak to someone in Spanish yeah. and they'll pronounce our church as if like we're a Spanish church. Right. Like somos la Iglesia Bautista de Primeras Obras. Right. I'm like okay. that's not the name of the church. <laughs> I was like or just say Iglesia Bautista, you know. But yeah, well, a lot of times when people are native, like um, th they'll say their names Americanized or like Englishized, right? Yeah. So the, the, they'll do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that a lot. I do that. And well, <laughs> and people people do that. Um, I, I think one one of the things I like about preaching the gospel in another language, especially with Spanish. I don't know any other language, so I guess I can't really compare it. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here's the thing: the Hispanic culture is uh, very grateful. Oh yeah. When when they see when a, they, they when see someone when, when you see some gringo like me come up mm -hmm. and then be able to to communicate in their language way more merciful. more often than not. Yeah, the, the and and they're always telling me, "Oh no, no, you're because I'm like, "Lo siento, mi español no es bueno, es muy yeah. malo." But, and they're like, "No, no, no, it's good. It's good." Yeah. I'm just like thanks, To them it's thanks, like uh, but I know, it's I know not, exactly you know? what you're <laughs> talking about. They they see it like it's like a noble thing right. that you'd be willing to learn their language to communicate. Yeah, well, and, and it makes them like they'll listen. Yeah, yep. They they do listen. I mean, it's the vast majority of time they're listening. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That is one hundred percent true. I've seen that with other people who are not Hispanic. They'll say that they'll say that people are a lot more um, just open to speak. And, yeah, yeah, forgiving and and just be willing to speak to you because mm -hmm. they see that you're putting in an effort to like learn their language and speak it because it takes a lot yep. to just kind of put yourself out there like yeah. that. My favorite thing is catching people that, <laughs> that say they don't know English and then you speak Spanish. Like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, best. yeah, yeah. That's the best. And well, it, I used to do that in in Mandarin because I, I was learning Mandarin for a while. Mm -hmm. And so, but, and I was doing it because we were like in Monterey Park. And so there's a lot of Chinese people there. Yeah. But after a while, I was like, I don't think I even need to learn the entire language because most people here know English. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd run into someone and, you know, I'm like, you know, I just want to give you an invitation to our church. And they're just yeah. like, no English, no English. And I'm like, oh, you know, are you Chinese? Yeah. And they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, Mandarin. And I'm like, oh, ni hao ma. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you speak <laughs> Chinese. I'm like, yeah, you speak English. You speak <laughs> and then after a while, then we just talk, <laughs> right, you know? Right, right. So you kind of you use that to, like, to break open the, the door, ice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anybody here who speaks Spanish, they do speak English. Even mm -hmm. if they speak it broken, they do speak it, you know. There's parts in Georgia, like around Atlanta. I mean, you have you have all kinds of different nationalities, even even Hispanic, that they don't speak English. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's great. But but there's so many communities because mm -hmm. there's so many people that I think they're able to survive and do okay without speaking English because yeah. there's enough people that that they can associate with that they could help them or you know even go to businesses. Yeah. I mean, there's businesses that just have signs in other languages mm -hmm. yeah we have that here too whereas like cities that are just filled with like another language mm -hmm. yeah we have a lot of asians there's like a huge asian population what kind Korean, of asians a lot of koreans oh, Korean. specifically okay. but but lots of different types of asians too i mean mm. it's, it's just uh do you have any armenians there <laughs> we have we have calvinists don't <laughs> <laughs> I think I've run into one or two Armenians. I, I was trying to think. Like I don't. I'd, He's like I'm not a big fan. I haven't. I, no, I haven't. <laughs> Hikes are Armenian. In, that's why I even. I haven't it up. run run into too many. At least okay. a pocket. But, but you hit a pocket and then it's just like whoa. You know, there's a ton of people there. Yeah. And we've got. So you got a long like Hispanics. Go. You got Asians. What else? Black. Black people. White, I mean, white people. <laughs> it's the South. Cool. But what's cool about our county too, Gwinnett County is is one of the most diverse counties, probably anywhere. Hmm. And what's cool about that too is like one of the things I like, what I appreciate about it is, uh, you know, I, I don't care about segregation one way or the other. Honestly, like if people naturally segregate because it makes it easier for them. You know, people are coming from another country. They said it's easier to be around people that can speak your language for one mm -hmm. and maybe know some other friends or relatives of yours yeah. and that are going to be helping you and you live close together. Like if people want to do that, who cares? Yeah. Like I'm not for forcing people to, oh, you all have to mix with, Yeah. who cares? I mean, it's natural for yep. that, for that to happen, especially for, with people that are immigrating. Right. right? But, um, 
that being said, you know, like in my neighborhood specifically, there is just, I mean, there's Chinese, black, white, you know, Korean, whatever, like just, it's like a just about just, just all over the place, just yeah. all living in the same neighborhood and it's cool and doesn't matter at all. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of how Long Beach is. Long Beach is like a melting pot. You have like a black guy who lives next to a Cambodian who lives next yeah. to a Mexican. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, Pastor Burzins, thank you so much for being on the episode. That was an awesome conversation about church planning, yep. soul winning, preparing um, preparing men to for the ministry. And so um, looking forward to hearing you preach on Thursday. And thankful that you're here. Hopefully we'll still have a church after you're done preaching. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rod of Iron podcast. Tune in next, probably like in two weeks or so, for the next episode. Have a good night. Thank you.